0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer.
1: Looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna.
1: Too
2: much
0: dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen.
2: Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And guys, it's a little weird tonight because we're doing two shows in three days but again i'm going to the beach next week and i was told that i can't do a show i wanted the pool behind me it would have been perfect but anyway i am joined by my man dan lamania that is at ff coach dan on twitter what's going on dan
0: guys i'm getting excited here like i'm trying to you know stay positive amongst everything going on and i feel like we're just getting closer and closer to the football season scott fishbowl is coming up getting ready to represent the Dynasty Theory brand on the Ross Tucker uh, podcast this week, the Fantasy Feast. So I'll get to talk some Dynasty there with uh, Ross and Joe Dolan. That'll be fun.
1: I love that. We we had both of those guys on our show, and we talk about the caliber of guests that we've had throughout the summer and in the spring, and those two, they just absolutely brought it. I mean, with Ross, I don't think we could stop laughing, but even the information they brought as well was absolutely incredible. So whenever we drop this on our podcast feed that would have happened so if you're listening to this now on itunes stitcher spotify podbean go back listen to our man dan on the fantasy feast podcast with ross tucker and joe dolan i'm sure it's going to be absolutely fantastic and of course we are joined by mitch Sorensen. that's at dino mc and mitch have you had that manscape shirt on since sunday
2: i don't take it off i wear it to work It was funny because I went and told my kid goodnight, you know, and all that stuff the other night when I was wearing it. He goes, Dad, why do you have to say thank you to your balls? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a little awkward. But mentioning that. We also want to talk about our projections moving forward. They will be out this Friday. So please reach out to us. They're free. They will be in PDF format. Our unpaid intern did absolutely amazing work on them. And so just reach out. We'll give them to you for free. And you can hate on us for, you know, hating on your favorite player.
1: Mitch, I told you off the air. So the unpaid intern, that's kind of an ongoing joke. That's my sister. But she was sitting there and she had her projection sheet already for Kansas City. And she had it as the Kansas City Chargers. So hopefully I I have time to double check everything because if we spit out a projection sheet with the Kansas City Chargers, I think people are going to start to ask questions. So hopefully we can figure that all out. But yes, that's going to be out this Friday. We're going to be blasting it out to people. We're going to be sharing it. I think it's going to be on the Google Drive. We'll share the link and everything's going to be on there as a PDF with all of our rankings, projections, all the good stuff. We are also doing, we've talked about this countless times, the Dynasty League Football, that's DLF, one-year subscription giveaway. We had a listener donate the subscription, already paid for. We're going to pull that on June 30th, and we'll announce the winner, and that is going to be pulled from all of our YouTube subscribers. So if you're watching live tonight, most likely you already subscribed. If you are listening on the podcast feed, check that out. It's just Dynasty Theory on YouTube. Now, guys, this is probably a good time. And we did the live read for Manscaped last time on Sunday, but we're going to go back to the pre-recorded read. And, you know, we're going to take a second here, and listen to a word from our sponsor that's still going to be read by me. So enjoy. Guys, we have another great show for you today, but you know what else is great? Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family Joel's. I know it's a little uncomfortable and kind of awkward to talk about, but let's be honest. We have all had close calls when doing a little manscaping. The only cuts we want to happen are the players being cut from our dynasty rosters. Luckily, all that danger, it's a thing of the past. And that's exactly why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer and just released the lawnmower 3.0. It's perfectly engineered, long battery life up to 90 minutes, water resistant, it has an LED light, and it's also super quiet. Of course, Manscaped is known for the below-the-belt grooming, but it doesn't stop there. Use it for a haircut or just to clean up that unruly chest hair. Guys, make your significant other happy and keep things nice and clean down there. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using code THEORY20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THEORY20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com go on target.com look up a high-end razor a high-end trimmer they're 200 300 even almost 400 this is 54 freaking dollars after you use code theory 20 and even though i look you know a little mangled here just because that's the way my head is shaped the trimmer was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I'm not on Mitch's level or even Dan's. Mitch, your wife's a hairstylist. So Dan and I were it's at true. a disadvantage here. Let's get into it, guys. And we kind of put the blast out on Twitter. We kind of talked about what we're going to discuss tonight. And we were talking in our chat. There are so many teams and players. It's just regurgitated and talked about on every single podcast, us included. Oh, well, guys, what do you think about the Kansas City Chiefs this year? They're going to be great, but let's talk about some of those teams that aren't going to be great. Some of those teams that most likely are going to be below 500, some of them really high in Dan's dysfunction rating, and Dan, eventually you have to blast that out so we can talk about it, but let's start with the Raiders, and Mitch, let's start with you, but remember, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Do not say Oakland.
2: Yeah, so you know the Oakland Raiders. Just kidding. The biggest reason why we want to bring up teams like this is last year going into the season, the Raiders were the worst team in the league, right? They were going to be awful. They might not even win a game. Ends up, they were competitive for the year. They did a good job. And that was with losing Antonio Brown, and they had no one behind him. But let's take a second and just look at them without even looking really at the players themselves. They have a great offensive line. It's probably a top three unit this year. They were top six in adjusted line yards last year, and they were top six and adjusted sack rate as well. And that's for football outsiders. So they have an amazing offensive line going into the season and they have the exact same starters coming back. So we know the continuity is going to be there. We don't have to worry about them not practicing together because of this COVID stuff. They have competent quarterback play. They have a great running back room and they have elite speed in the wide receivers. And they're coming in with a top five tight end. Why do we not like this team? Why do we not talk about them more? Well, I think part of it, and Dan, you and I, we can kind of stand here and gloat and say
1: we told you so. And Mitch is kind of coming around to the to the good side here, but everybody wants to knock Derek Carr, quarterback thirty in terms of DLF ADP. So any of the players that we talk about, the ADP is going to be pulled from June DynastyLeagueFootball.com mock drafts. But Derek Carr, quarterback 30, and I know there is definitely some concern, but in a lot of leagues, he's going after Tyrod Taylor, who might even get benched midseason. And you know me, I'm not a Marcus Mariota guy, so I don't think there's any concern there. We're at least going to get a full 2020 out of Derek Carr. And Dan, you've done how many mock drafts for Scott Fishbowl 10? Derek Carr in that format might be a sneaky super flex guy.
0: Yeah, my eyes are definitely on Derek Carr. They've, they've been all offseason, as we've done many dynasty startups, and now we get ready for the Scott Fish Bowl. He is high on the radar, and I, I think Mitch makes a great point here. When you look at the Oakland Raiders and you just zoom out, let's take the players out of it and just look at that offensive team, it has a lot of potential. The O-line's there, so the protection's there. Carr did perform well statistically a year ago with losing Antonio Brown, with Tyrell Williams being injured. You know, Darren Waller was just coming into his own there. Renfro was a rookie. They're more experienced now. You know, even hopefully Jacobs is a healthier guy and has more help around him. Let's not forget the GOAT, Jason Witten, all right? But I think this is a pivotal time for the for the newly branded Las Vegas Raiders because, you know, why aren't we looking at the, the Raiders, John? You mentioned dysfunction, okay? They're number 10 in my dysfunction rankings here. Why? They have had 11 coaches in 20 seasons. And, and I think that scares a lot of people away. I mean, every... Two years or less, they're they're firing a coach and starting all over again. But now you feel that momentum shifting a little bit. You know, is John Gruden, Mike Mayock as GM? You know, are they providing hope with the new stadium? They got an abundance of rookie talent. They're building something for the first time I could say in the last twenty seasons where they've been recycling coaches. That they may actually have a plan.
1: Overall, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr, Mitch? Obviously, you were on one end of the spectrum when Dan and I. We were kind of happy with the shares we had in our dynasty leagues. And later in startups, we were okay targeting him. But you've bashed our boy Derek several times. And, you know, I'm sure back in the day, you probably bashed his brother. I think you have a vendetta for the whole family. But Derek Carr, quarterback 30, how do you feel about that price tag?
2: I actually really like it. So I think he is a very good quarterback two on your dynasty team. The one issue that Derek Carr has is. If the Raiders don't have a good season this year, he won't be their starter next year. And I don't think he's going to be able to go to a different team and immediately become the starter. He'd be like the Mariota or Jameis Winston this year to where he's going to have to go and be a backup and have a chance for an injury to happen or something for him to become a starter again. So that's my only issue with Derek Carr at this point, because if you look at those wide receivers... The great thing about this team is we kind of know what everyone's going to do. Brian Edwards is going to be on the outside, on the opposite side of Tyrell Williams. He's, you know, read the wider receiver screen amazingly in college. And then you're going to have Ruggs, who's going to run everything, because he could run everything on the field and be fine. And you have Waller, who's going to be amazing. We know that Jacobs isn't going to be the one catching balls. It's going to be Rashard, and it's probably going to be Bowdoin. So all of these guys, we kind of know what they're going to be going into the season. And so I think we should just be willing to pay their price right now, and maybe even then summon some of these um, underpriced guys on the team. I want to have some stability at least two, three years out at my top Mm -hmm. two quarterback
1: positions. So I actually, I'm going to disagree because I would not be okay with Derek Carr as my quarterback two. Quarterback three, I'm okay with. And the, the way you build your teams, Mitch, it's funny because you're certainly always leaving a draft with at least two starting quarterbacks prior to the quarterback 30 range. So I don't know. Are you really comfortable quarterback two? No, I'm okay
2: with him being your quarterback two, but that's the drawback to him, right? Like if there wasn't that drawback there, he would be a locked in quarterback two and everyone should be trading for him. But that's the one reason why he's going at quarterback 30 instead of going a little bit higher is because that's the only drawback. And if you think the Raiders can actually do something this season and get that seventh seed since there's the extra seed for the playoffs this year, then you should go out and hammer him because they're going to price themselves out of elite quarterback territory.
1: Now, there's two things, and Dan, I'm going to flip it over to you because I know you have some thoughts here, but his contract expires after 2022. So on paper, you're like, okay, he has that locked. He's good to go. But there's only $2.5 million in dead cap after 2020 and about $19.5 million in savings. And we always talk about, look at the contracts, there are several resources, because if, if you would just ask me, hey, John, what, what, what about this guy's contract? You better believe I'm going to one of two sites. What is it? track or track how do you pronounce it? And then uh, OverTheCap.com. So there are plenty of resources out there for us to look at. But the way this team is built, there is so much young talent and their cap situation with the way they're building it, like I said, they don't necessarily need to cut Derek Carr. They have a strong core and you actually, one of the players we're going to talk about here shortly, Tyrell Williams. He is a prime cut candidate after 2020 because there's no dead cap. But I think if Derek Carr, like you said, Mitch, if this team can win and they can at least get to the playoffs with the pieces around him, then Derek Carr could be a really interesting play beyond 2020. And Dan, I cut you off like 13 times. So over to you here. What are your thoughts?
0: All good points. Just building on two of your points there on, on Mr. Carr short term, You mentioned him going QB 30. That's the value where I've been having a pleasure just obtaining him and having him as my QB three. There are some deeper leagues where I think they might have him in a 16 or 14 team league where I do have Carr as my number two. Uh, But in many situations, I have him as a three, and it's a nice place to be. More long-term, you know, I definitely see him at least as a two-year value with the Raiders based on the information you shared. So I think the Raiders already started their rebuild. You know, they looked at this year. They talked about getting Tom Brady. They says, nope. Whatever happened along their discussions, they says, we're, we're kind of out of that sweepstakes and we're, we're sticking with Carr. We believe they're going to be competitive this year. And if they are, where are they going to go next year? You know, I think they're right in the middle of wanting to win now. They have their quarterback. I don't think there's going to be anybody necessarily better on the market. And I think they're going to win too many games to be able to draft the franchise quarterback.
1: This next guy... This is somebody that we're probably going to disagree on, and I think, Dan, you like him, but Josh Jacobs, he's right around running back 10 in startups. Contract, not an issue at all. We have the fifth year option in 2023, so we can forget about any contract concerns. We talk about running backs constantly. Oh, this guy might hold out. Well, it's not going to happen for Josh Jacobs for a few years. So what are your thoughts here, Dan, on Josh Jacobs when you're looking at your dynasty rosters from a short and longer term perspective?
0: I'm liking Josh Jacobs, the football player, more than I am the fantasy football player. Uh, he's got a little, not quite there, but a little bit of a Nick Chubb situation or feel to it. And that, like, I love watching the guy. I mean, he, he's a heck of a runner. And, uh, I mean, he's young. So so I, I think he's good for fantasy, but I have him outside the top 12 versus, uh, you know, considering him RB10 there. Legit talent, but just missing the passing game work for me. And uh, I see the Raiders putting a lot of running backs in their mix there. So I'm interested to see how that plays out, but like a more in real life than I do in fantasy, unless as John would say, price dependent.
1: I'm actually surprised because I thought we were going to have to argue about this, but Josh Jacobs, there's a few things. And in one of my pieces on FantasyPros.com, as always, I throw out a, a John Bauer, shameless plug, but I talked about a few things. One of them was the capped upside. And Dan, you kind of alluded to it with the comparison in Nick Chubb. And we're not going to see that heavy involvement in the passing game. well, they talked about it early in the offseason. Hey, we want to get Josh Jacobs more involved in the passing game. You extended Jalen Richard. You bring in Lynn Bowden. You get two receivers. You obviously you bring in the GOAT, the 90 year old Jason Witten. Sorry, Dan. I, I know you don't like to use the easy. Just be that. sensitive. That's all easy. I know. I know. Okay, Boomer. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, but you know, there are concerns. And then injury history. There are things with him, you know, the shoulders and other things dating back to. I think even high school but there are concerns with the injuries with the the cap to upside if I'm at that point in a startup and I'm sitting there and I have the potential or the possibility to take Josh Jacobs at running back 10 what do I always say Mitch I'm probably going to look to dependent. trade back It'll, well and price dependent yeah, yes price yeah. dependent so if it's like running back 15 sure but otherwise I'm I'm looking to pivot and maybe go wide receiver. even That might be a little early for my liking if a quarterback slipped or if I can trade back. But Josh Jacobs at running back 10, I don't know. So you have Dan, who is price dependent, me, who I have shares of Josh Jacobs, but I'm not acquiring him by any means. I'm not just giving him away if I have him. But Mitch, where do you sit on him?
2: I think he is the perfect example of you could look at what the team tells you, not what they're actually telling you through the media, but look at what they did through the roster. They gave Rashard the extension. They went out and as soon as they drafted Lin Bowden, everyone was like, wait, is he a wide receiver? They go, no, no, he's a running back. And there's no way he's going to be a guy that gets 15 carries a game. He's a running back to catch the ball. And so although Jacobs went out and he showed at Alabama that he can be a great pass catching back, the Raiders aren't going to use him, is it? So we have to look at him as a guy that we're going to bring up later. He's going to be. David Montgomery for that offense. He's going to get 250 carries a year and it's if he gets the touchdowns to carry you, then you're going to love him at that price. But if he doesn't get the touchdowns to go with it, that running back 10 price is just way too expensive right now for him.
1: And my big concern and you can't project injuries. And when we did our projections that we're going to release this Friday, which we've already plugged, we didn't project injuries because I don't think that we can sit here and say Oh, well, I think Josh Jacobs is going to get hurt week 10 doing this, but there is a concern with him. I think it's elevated for him compared to some other running backs. We talk about with Dalvin cook, but I just, I can't invest in him in him at that running back 10 price. Now, what about the other running backs? Jalen Richard running back 89 Lin Bowden running back 57. Is there any upside there? Is, you know, we're in a lot of 14 and 16 team leagues like Dan mentioned. Jalen Rashard, somebody I have lingering at the end of my roster, he might be valuable come by weeks, uh, strike of COVID-19 if that comes into play. But there could be some upside there with these running backs. But do they interest you guys at all? Or is it just as we did our hot takes episode last Sunday, are you guys putting up the zero here?
0: I have mild interest. Uh, you know, when I look at Jalen Rashard, uh, very late round flyer in deeper leagues to your point, JB. Lynn Bowden, I mean, we're talking dynasty. You know, I've taken an occasional flyer on Bowden in rookie drafts. You know, I've read some places, don't necessarily agree with it, but I've read in some places where analysts liked him better than Antonio Gibson, and, uh, you know, he is definitely a sleeper with with, with talent there. And then there's also DeAndre Washington somewhere there in the mix, and that may be going really deep, but he's flashed before in Kansas City, and they signed him throughout all this as well. So there's some competition for carries, but for depth – I think you look at Richard, you know, you're taking those running backs late. We know how thin that pool gets, and I think Bowden for his potential. Go ahead, Go ahead Mitch.
2: Oh, I was going to say real quick, I agree with anything. The only thing I will add on Bowden is if you're in a league that has return yards, you want Bowden. He should immediately jump up because he is going to be a punt returner, kick returner. He is going to be everything special teams for the Raiders moving forward. So if you get any return yards at all, he's definitely someone I'm willing to have. But in normal PPR leagues, he's a taxi squad guy that I just kind of see what happens this year and move from there on him. Two things. The first one, and Dan, I'm only
1: doing it because there are several people that I know listen to this show religiously, and they are so excited if we have any type of error and they like to let me know. So for DeAndre Washington, you went the other way around. He's actually in Kansas City now he was in las vegas well yeah. oakland previously but do you know how is it around the horn or no part of the interruption at the end of every show they go through the errors that they make mm-hmm. we should start to do that for the next show and that's how we could kick it off because i'm sure good. Listeners, I like they, they love to let us know hey jb I, I even had somebody tell me that i said an expression incorrectly not even about a player like an expression and I was like, "Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I'm a math major. I didn't go to school for." Eight. I
2: had someone in the league today yell say that they were yelling at their radio about my Juju take. So, you know, that's pretty
0: good. Hey, I appreciate John picked that up there, and I've spent so much time on the Kansas City backfield that I went there. But it's Devontae Booker that they signed in with the Raiders there, so another mm-hmm. pass catcher to go with Jalen Rashard and Lynn Bowden, and so they've got a full running back room. Well,
1: that's okay. And the other thing before we go to the wide receivers here in Las Vegas. Bowden is going to be one of those guys just like Kamara for me. I switch every episode. I'll say Kamara, Kamara, and Bowden's going to be the same way. Today I say Bowden. I'll say Bowden next week, I'm sure. And it's you guys, you you love to make fun of the way I talk. I say toll. I, I, I still don't see anything wrong with that.
0: Yeah, you got to play back that Manscaped commercial there for that one there. Listeners, toll. please listen to him say that tool and rhyme it with Jewel. That was a good classic, John Bauer.
1: Toll and Joel. Anyway, let's find some (laughs) Joels or gems here at the wide receiver position because all of them, if you look at their dynasty uh, ADP, Henry Ruggs, I don't even like the guy, but wide receiver 37. Lynn Bowden Bowden, Toll, Toll, running back 57. So we, we kind of talked about him, but then Brian Edwards, wide receiver 52. Tyrell Williams, wide receiver 100. So, guys, what are you thinking? Because, Mitch, before the draft, you liked Ruggs. Has your Mm -hmm. position changed at all? Because then you kind of went away from him. Are you coming back a little bit? And then Edwards, wide receiver, 52. Williams, wide receiver, 100. And then Hunter Renfro. I just scrolled down a little bit. Wide receiver, 76. So is there any value that you are looking at for these four wide receivers? And you're thinking, yeah, that's somebody I want to target in startups. That's somebody I want to target in
2: trade talks in existing leagues. What are you thinking? So really quick. Phil, I know you're listening right now. I just saw your comment. We are talking Houston next, just a preview. But a big thing with Rugs is, I was I was huge on him because he's a guy we call him like he's Deshaun Jackson, but he's really not. He's someone who he could be a DJ Moore type who wins everywhere. And as soon as he went to Derek Carr, I was like, oh no, you know Derek Carr, the seven yards like at best per attempt and like, so I really hated him at that point. But now, you know, as as I said, I started looking at this team more and more, and you kind of go back and look. He could be their number one wide receiver this year. He could get five or six targets a game. You have Tyrell on the other side who's just gonna be, you know, he's not a six to seven target guy. Brian Edwards maybe is, but Ruggs definitely has that in his range of possibilities. So I definitely like Ruggs at his price. You guys already know I love Brian Edwards at his price. And Tyrell, the problem with Tyrell is when are you going to play him? There's never going to be a week during the season until you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to put him in my lineup this week because you're never going to guess those boom weeks. He's a DFS GPP play at best, and that's about it. And Phil Renfro also- is dust. All right, well,
1: we're going to disagree there. Phil. Also he won't said see they- the field. the problem. Let me talk about Phil's comment, please. Ah. Phil also said they signed Aguilar, and Phil, in our, sure dyna- in our dynasty theory listener league, we actually spent an afternoon with a few people discussing Aguilar before the NFL draft, because this is right when he went to the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's not even in the top 100 in DLF ADP, so I, Mitch, do you want to invest in Aguilar? Nope. No, me neither, and Dan, <laughs> you're throwing the yellow flag. What do you want?
0: Yeah, the uh, the yellow flag was in support of you, JB, and uh, Mitchell's uh, anti Hunter Renfro, whatever yeah. he was going after there. I love this receiver, the rece- uh, Raiders receiver room, man. If I going back to my coaching days and having played wide receiver, I would love to coach this wide receiver room. The upside here is tremendous, and I, I think you know you're, you're relying on Tyrell Williams for being a veteran and the that veteran tight end room that they have. But Rugs, I love. I think this season alone he, he is player i am targeting if i can't get judy or lamb i feel very good landing on henry ruggs there if i can't get the big two and, and i think he's gonna be a big playmaker brian edwards i think is a nice get after the best rookies go because he's just got a lot of upside i'm really you know curious how quickly he could develop and uh tyro williams the gazelle there mitch is right on with the dfs play i think he's serviceable depth on our dynasty rosters you know he's not a bad guy just on your bench See how it plays out, but nothing beyond that. You're not going to be able to trade him. But Hunter Renfro, he really flashed for me late last season. There, I, I'm I'm still crying a little bit because the last Millie Maker I played, I think it was like week 16, he went off and had this incredible catch at the end. And if I took Hunter Renfro, I could have been in the in the win in the big time winnings there. But I, I see him as the next Cole Beasley type for a long time, and at a very young age, if he's getting six, seven yards a catch and getting some 100 yard, one, two touchdown games now and then um i don't know man there's something about him that I, I don't think he's gonna give away his job that easy and aguilar i think gruden said he's just he's versatile he's a backup at every single position in case the injury play gets him or these rookies don't materialize but i, I want to be banking on him for fantasy
2: all right so really quick john before you jump in oh my mind is going but yeah this is straight for you how is redfield gonna see the field you have the gazelle on one side you have brian edwards on the outside you have Rugs in the slot. You have Waller lined up, probably in the slot as well. How is Renfro going to see the field with those three wide receivers? And why would you put him on the field over any of those guys? Can I ask you a question? You sure can. Thank you. Every team we have talked about up
1: to this point, and again, this episode is being released on the podcast feed next week, but today it is June 23rd. So for months... With COVID-19 really striking in full force, we have preached these rookies are going to have an issue adjusting. Why all of a sudden, for Las Vegas, no issue. Bowden, Ruggs, Edwards, they're going to see the field. I think we are discounting Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro too much. Through week four last week, through week four, small sample size, but before his injury, Tyrell Williams was wide receiver 18. Somebody... That Derek Carr actually was okay targeting down the field, he was the only deep ball threat. Is it going to be Brian Edwards? I don't think so. Is it going to be rugs? I don't think so because we've talked about him and my hands are Listen, Mitch, I'm Italian, we talk with our hands, we we, we talk with our hands, but I, I think we're discounting these guys too much. And at their current price, why the heck not? Okay, Renfro, my receiver, wide receiver 76, Tyro Williams, wide receiver 100. And he's probably going to be playing for another team after this year. He's old. This might be his last go at things. I actually love them at their current price.
2: Okay. So Tyrell Williams, name a wide receiver who was on the field when he was having those good games, you know, pre week six.
1: But again, why are these rookie receivers the only ones in the NFL that can adjust to the shortened training camp? The, the shortened off season. What, why are they, the, they
2: have the magic card somehow. I think that's a little bit overblown to be honest with you. What's overblown? The rookies don't have the camp time. So all of a sudden now they're just not going to play. But the it, teams,
1: you, you literally just talked about it two days ago. We talked about it with DeAndre Swift and carry on Johnson. We talked about it with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. I think Amy Swift's going to take over the, the over the backfield. What was that?
2: I've already said, I think Swift can take over the backfield.
0: But there's there's different situations there, though. You guys have both watched NFL films. Have you ever seen John Gruden's playbook and terminology, how long that is, that big mouthful, you know?
1: I have a Spread. copy of it right next that's to me. That's a good Are point. <laughs> that's actually a there? really
0: good point. Spread right, 675, banana fly, X-zip, you yeah. know, dash 22. You know, Brian Edwards may not get on the field right away there. And Let me tell you, Hunter Renfro, when it's third and we need yards and I need a guy that's going to get open for Derek Carr, It's going to be Hunter Renfro. They're going to rotate. They're going to have different formations. They're going to have packages for rugs. We'll see how Brian Edwards develops. But there's going to be many packages for Hunter Renfro to keep those chains moving.
1: I have talked about yards per route run. Yeah, Mitch, go on mute. Go on mute because you have no rebuttal. I've talked about (laughs) yards per route run. He's taking a sip, I understand. But I, I talk about yards per route run with these rookies and how that's indicative of future success. A lot of the time it is, but that also depends on what teams are bringing in and that obviously they're investing in these rookies and they brought in a lot of talent but hunter renfro he was at the top of the top under aj brown but he was number two or three in terms of yards per run as a rookie last year is it going to continue maybe because
2: but his yards his, his routes are going to be reduced dust so i'm we, glad we've, that we've spent 30 minutes on the raiders though that's <laughs> impressive
1: That's fine. If if this is a long show, we can split it up and I can spit out multiple episodes. That's fine. But I I just think that we are really discounting Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro looking at these rookies when we don't want to do it with other teams. It's the same thing. I talk about it with the PFF grades. You two want to use them when it supports your argument, but otherwise... You don't want to it, hear it. Is,
0: is that you, a correct, Mitch? You too. I'm supporting you. Hey, put, put, put Phil's spider wide banana up on the screen for us. Please. That's right. I love, that. That's classic, Thanks, Phil. love
2: it. Thanks.
1: <laughs> if Phil wasn't here right now on the comment section, we, the three of us would just be going at it. So thank you, Phil. You're keeping peace here in, in the dynasty theory. Team. Let's, talk any, about any tight ends. Let's talk about tight ends very quickly, guys. You have 118 year old Jason Witten, one year deal, Foster Moreau coming off the injury rookie deal through 2022 Darren Waller, twenty-seven years old. I love him, love him. I've been picking him up everywhere. No dead cap after twenty twenty. That's kind of scary. Dan, you already had the red flag up. But what are your thoughts on the tight ends here?
0: I, I just wish everybody in Twitterverse there would. I mean, you, did you have to open up the tighter tight end preview with a hundred and two-year-old Jason Witten there? I said you know, one hundred eighteen. But- He's mature. I- He is mature. He is mature, but he he needs to be getting more love than he's getting here. But anyway, Darren Waller, I'm with you. Love him. I think uh, you know after the big three and Waller, I trust for the next three years there. uh, My tight end five. I just. I loved watching him last year, and I, th- I think he is still the guy in Vegas. And then, you know, Jason Witten, you know, again, just, guys, please handle, you know, his situation with respect and dignity for the GOAT there. I'm still having trouble having him leave Dallas. Uh, but at the end of your draft, you know, uh, you know, he's a backup that could retire on my roster or maybe someone else's, but, you know, just, just respect the GOAT.
1: Dan's going to be the guy that trades for Jason Witten after he retires just so he can have Jason <laughs> Witten's corpse On his roster. Uh, Mitch, real quick, Darren Waller, no dead cap after 2020. He signed through 2023. So again, on paper, that contract looks great. You hear 2023, he's secure until he's 30 years old. Is there any worry that he's not a Raider
2: after 2020? I'm not too worried about it. because If you just look at his catch rate, I mean, we talk about Michael Thomas's catch rate because he catches everything, Right. I mean, Waller had a Michael Thomas-esque catch rate at 117 targets. He had almost 80% catch rate, which is insane. So Waller moving forward, I love him moving forward. I mean, if we're going to cut Ertz back, we're going to say Ertz isn't going to be top, part of the top three or top four. He is going to be a guy that we could immediately put into that range. I don't know if there's any other podcast, any other show or people on Twitter that
1: are going to use Darren Waller's name and Michael Thomas's name in the same sentence, but Mitch Sorensen on dynasty theory managed to do it. My only concern is that 2020 dead cap situation. There's nothing after it. So I do think Foster Moreau, I had him a lot coming out as a rookie and I liked him. I dust. If you were in a tight end premium league, if you were in a league that you had to start two tight ends, shove it, Dan, I see you saying dust over there. (laughs) Foster Moreau was a very, very, uh, a viable option in 2019 prior to the injury, and I know people are saying Darren Waller. He concerns me because Jason Witten. I think the Jason Witten signing says a lot more about Foster Moreau's situation and where his development might be in his um, recovery. But I do like Foster Moreau beyond 2020. Just, because, just in that, just in case they do cut Darren Waller, is the is the possibility high? Probably not, but I do want. Foster Moreau on a lot of teams just in the back of my roster. Any other thoughts? 35 minutes in talking about the Las Vegas Raiders and Mitch didn't say Oakland once. So I think so that's a
2: one last thing I'll bring up is I think it's it's not about the Raiders. It's about other teams moving forward. When we're talking about dead cap, just like John brought up earlier, if the team is in a financial struggle, then dead cap actually matters. You know, if they're the Saints or the Eagles, you know, the dead cap matters because they could be like, oh, we have to cut this guy to make room. There's other teams like the Raiders and the Colts that don't need to worry about dead cap at all because they have millions upon millions of cap space and they don't need to worry about it. So I think that's something really important to look at when you're going on over the cap.com. You're saying, oh, hey, look, this guy has 10 million dollars in dead cap. If the team has 50 million dollars in cap space next year, it's probably not a big deal.
1: Yeah, right now. And I am on guys. Is it spot track or spot track spot track? I say spot track, but we've had people on the show that have said spot tracks. Maybe I'm going crazy, but I'm on there right now and I'm looking at 2021 and the Raiders do. They have 29, 28.5 million dollars heading into twenty twenty one. And we've seen teams multiple times, you know, restructure contracts. So I, I think they're in a fine situation. They're actually in the middle of the pack a little bit lower. But $28 million, they're definitely not hurting. And then we have a Phil is just – he's lighting it up right now. He just took Foster Moreau in the 23rd round in a campus to Canton. Good job. I was wondering if
2: you knew what that was.
1: Yeah, I know what it is. Ray, Our buddy Ray Garvin better look out because I think I'm the new Debbie expert in town, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Look. I couldn't even say that with a straight face. So let's move on to our next team, the Houston Texans. A lot of moving pieces here. The big trade during the offseason, David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. Overall, Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, There have to be some gems here that we can uncover and diamonds in the rough, if you will.
0: You know, the Texans, sixth on my dysfunctional team rankings and climbing because I do not see a plan. To me, the Texans are the opposite of how to build a fantasy football roster. I can see their entire offense on the injured reserve by the end of the season, and that greatly concerns me. Now, on the flip side, I see lots of potential. It could boom. Let's say Cooks doesn't have any concussions. David Johnson returns for at least a year or two of being David Johnson. Will Fuller finally figures out the recipe to stay healthy. All of a sudden, this is shaping up to be a good roster. Randall Cobb decides to stay healthy two years in a row and does what he did in Dallas in the slot. You know, So it's got the makings of a high-power offense. Anytime you have Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson, but I am a little – concerned that the Texans do not have a plan and his entire team and potentially including him with still some offensive line questions ends up on the IR.
1: Mitch, I'm going to put you on the spot and we're kind of run through this a little bit differently just because we spent
2: four decades on the Raiders. We're going to spend four Houston, decades on Houston as well. We, this we could be an hour and a half long podcast and I'm okay with it.
1: I'll split it up. I'll, my, my wife, I think she's already in bed, you know, so I have all night. I have my white claws. I'm all ready to go. But let's talk about this team. Who do you think is the best value? Running through it, David Johnson, running back 28. These are all Dynasty League football ADP. Wait, can I
2: cut you off just really quick? Yeah. Before we jump into the skill position players, I just want to mention, because Dan mentioned the offensive line, and I think it's important to, when you're looking at these bottom teams, to go into their offensive line, because we know the Raiders, they have a top offensive line, so they're really good. The problem with the offensive line with Houston is their 21st in adjusted line yards, and they're 27 in sack rate, and they brought in nobody. There's no one that's going to help out that offensive line. So at best we could say they're younger guys, have a year of experience. But going into next year, we could probably expect to see about the same line that we saw last year. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off before we get into the skill position players, but I think it's really important to talk about the lines in this case. That's a great point. Real quick, and I'm doing it to Dan, but Mitch, you never have to
1: apologize for cutting me off because our listeners have told me John, you got to stop cutting Mitch off. And I've done it for it's June. We started this podcast 14 months ago. So you have earned your right to cut me off as many times as you want. And Dan, I think you had a thought.
0: Yeah, see, I just cut you off with like flags and ink pens and whatever props I could get. And I like I more, like that
1: though because you let us know. I like that.
0: Mitch, Mitch is more blunt than me, so we we, we complement each other well. But to to Mitch's point with that O line, and, and I brought that up. I watched a lot of Houston football last year because I had a lot of shares of Deshaun Watson, and I loved you know watching the Texans and waiting for him to break out. I still have you know a decent amount of shares, but not as many. I traded some off. I mean, he almost got broken half a couple of times, and if he wasn't as gifted as he was. He'd be left for dead on that football field. So here we go again this year. And we talk about roster construction. I don't want to have too many risks on my roster. And I just feel like the Texans have a ton of health risks.
1: And before we get into more dynasty talk, Deshaun Watson, he's one of those quarterbacks. If you're in the Scott Fishbowl, there is concern there because the sacks, the incompletions, interceptions, obviously. But Deshaun Watson, I don't feel comfortable taking him at quarterback five. I don't want to take a Kyler Murray. The guys I love, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, maybe that offensive line is a little bit better this year. But the guys that are boring, I think, are the guys that really excel in Scott Fishbowl this year. Our boy Mitch, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with my man Josh, Josh Allen. I love the guy, but I don't want him in Scott Fishbowl just because of the funky scoring. And, you know, we always talk about Scott on the show and we talk to him through dms and we love the guy but he always wants to mess with everybody with this scoring because it gets our minds all jacked up especially us because we're always talking like oh what do you think about this guy normally i love him but now i don't want to look at him at all and i think deshaun watson based on where he's gonna go in that scott fishbowl he could be somebody that's "Eh, i'm fading a little bit but yeah mitch get into the position players here
2: okay so you were asking about a guy that i would want that's who, you know, who's
1: the best who's the best value? It's David, David Johnson.
2: Johnson. So, okay. really quick, I hate just reading off my notes, but I won't be able to remember all the numbers. So, I'm just gonna read real quick. So, if you look at him before his injury in week one, he had 25 touches and a score. Week two, he sucked, but it was on the road against Baltimore, and everybody sucked there, so it's not a big deal. He had week three, 17 touches and a score. Week four, 19 touches and eight of them were receptions. Next game, he had 20 touches and 150 yards. He was very good until he got injured week seven. And I think we're all forgetting that because he looked awful after that back injury. But you could even look at the offensive line. The offensive line for Arizona is far worse than the offensive line for Houston that he has this year. He, has, he told
1: us how bad Houston's offensive line was. So what does that tell us about
2: Arizona? Exactly. I mean, it's he's moving into somehow a better position with Houston's offensive line, which is weird. But if you could get past the injuries and you look at him as a one year guy to where if he has a big year, you could get immediately value and then just trade him as soon as you can. I think he's someone who could end up winning you a dynasty league this year. And you're getting him at such a low cost that I think it's worth it to take the chance. Now, someone asked me in a 14-team league earlier today, would you trade a 2021 first for him? And I said, as a contender, I would. Yeah, if it's a later first in a a 14-team league, I don't mind that.
1: And it's funny because whenever Justin from the Father-Son podcast was on here, we talked about a trade. And it was David Johnson for like a first and second. And and we won't name him, but we bashed the guy that made the trade. And now we're sitting here in June and you're saying you're okay with it. And I think guys like David Johnson, Todd Gurley, maybe I wouldn't move a first for David Johnson, but I I think those guys, they're being disrespected because of how they finished 2019. And again, a a John Bauer shameless plug. I might do a JBSP. That might be a hashtag. But the next piece I'm going to write for Fantasy Pros is about recency bias. And what we saw at the end of 2019, for better or worse, How should we be reacting based on that? And I think you can find a lot of value in startups right now because of that and what we've seen. Dan, over to you, wide receivers. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 42. Will Fuller, wide receiver 51. Your man, Randall Cobb, wide receiver 91. Kenny Stills, wide receiver 77. Kiki, not even available. He's not even being drafted. Dust. And then Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver 104. Out of those receivers, not necessarily who's the best value, but who do you think is a value? It could be all of them. It could be one of them. So who do
0: you think? I'm glad you segue to receivers for me because I wanted to argue with Mitch a little bit as far as the best value on this roster. You know, David Johnson, he's, we have him at RB28, you mentioned. I, I see him more like RB38. You know, I, I think you take him and you hope for one to two good seasons, and I don't think you get much more beyond that. Will Fuller would be my guy here. You know, wide receiver 51, I, I think of him more like wide receiver 37. So I think there's a lot of value there and a lot of upside. I, I'm going to gamble one more time here. I'm going to go to the well on Will Fuller that he could figure things out and stay healthy. And I think the upside is enormous. I, I think we're looking at him as the number one wide receiver in Houston and being better than Brandon Cooks, you know, free agent after 2020. So he, he's he's playing incentivized. He just has to figure out his how, how to stay healthy. But when he has been healthy, wow he has put up some points.
1: Will Fuller has been so freaking good when he's healthy, but can we talk about Brandon cooks for a second? Wide receiver 42. He's about to turn 27 years old, going into the prime of wide receiver age. If his injuries, if they weren't concussions, we would be looking at him much differently because he's, he's missed like two games in the last X amount of years. I I, I don't know the exact amount of years, but he's missed two games, you know, let's say three or four years. If that is any other injury, he's still a top 24 receiver in my book. The talent is there. So I actually think he's the better value. But again, Will Fuller, if he's healthy, he's a stud. He needs three catches to go nuts in a game. That's it. But I'm going to tell you right now. And Mitch, this is going to get you excited because it's going to kind of make up for the mistakes you made last year with him. Duke Johnson running back 59. If, and I kind of shouted there, if David Johnson goes down, Duke Johnson is a league winner. I'm telling you right now, he is going to be a league winner. Write that down. Dynasty Theory podcast live on YouTube. June 23rd hits the podcast feed. What June? Let me look at this counter. June 29th, maybe 28th. If I get a little antsy, I'll spit it out early. See how many drinks I have on the beach next week. But Duke Johnson, he's going to be a league winner. If David Johnson goes down.
2: I really like how we talk about Houston's backfield and in January, everybody's like, you know, any running back that goes to Houston is in such a great spot. And then it's David Johnson and no one mentions his name for the next six months. Like we just forget about him. And I I agree about
1: that today or yesterday. I think
2: it was last week, but you know, I'll take full, I'm I'm good with that. I'll just keep repeating the takes over and over because they're such great takes that I want to give up on them. But Cooks so, at the 1007 is great. I love that.
1: Our guy Phil here, and I mean, thanks for sticking with us here, Phil. But he says Cooks went 1007, and then DJ Phil. I know you're active on Twitter. I, I see you all the time. Is that Duke Johnson? David Johnson? I'm assuming it's David Johnson, but you got to know better than that, Phil. Come on, DJ. Which one? But DJ 1101, Fuller 1103, I'm assuming it's a 12-team league. I don't hate any of those. You know, I, I think one of these wide receivers is going to be a monster this year. And it's going to be who, who stays healthy.
0: I don't understand how it's Cooks in your guys' books. Like, he, he's complete fade for me. How many concussions does he need to have for you to draft him in Dynasty in and- – how much more of a career are you going to get out of this guy? Wait, There's got to be Dan, hold on.
1: Dan, time out real Go quick. Ahead. I get on Dan all the time. Our listeners know that. Mitch, in our group chat, you know that. But I'm going to feed your ego. Phil says, I'm in line with everything Dan said. Oh, I hate to say it,
2: but
0: there it is. Appreciate you, Phil. Good looking.
2: Okay. So I completely agree. Fuller is the wide receiver one of that team. But if you're comparing injuries, you can't act like Will Fuller isn't injured. And missed more games than Brandon Cooks has. Brandon Cooks has had before like the 2019 offensive horrendous season that the Rams had, he had four consecutive seasons with a thousand yards on three different teams, which is amazing. I don't think we can even name another wide receiver who's done that. But Will Fuller, he's also when he's healthy. He gets seven targets a game. He had seven or more targets in seven out of his eleven games last year. So I think going through the season, Fuller is definitely the wide receiver one on the team. But Cooks has the opportunity to exceed that because Cooks has been good everywhere.
0: Brandon, great point, Mitch. I, I'm not by any means defending Will Fuller's inj- injury history, and like I I started with him. It's it's one last chance because you know you can only get burned so many times with him getting injured. But they're different kinds of injuries. All those concussions adding up and everybody trading Cooks. I just think the end is sooner for him. I'd rather take the upside of Fuller and I'm not going anywhere near Cooks, especially Cooks going drafted before Fuller. Mm -hmm. I think there's more value in Fuller as well.
1: We talked about the wide receivers. Can we just talk about Duke Johnson again? 382 carries in five years. He has never missed a game in the NFL. Never. He has also never had fewer than 62 targets in a season. So we always talk about, well, targets are worth X and it's mm-hmm. typically I think 2.2 2 or 2.3 times as valuable as as a carry is but Duke Johnson's that guy but if David Johnson stays healthy and Mitch this is a conversation that you and I had during our projection and maybe we'll spit something out on YouTube kind of like the projection section I think it's clever I'm sure everybody else has done something similar to that name But if David Johnson stays healthy, this is the same team that for some reason, and I don't know why, wanted Carlos Hyde to be the lead back and gave him every opportunity. David Johnson is better than Carlos Hyde. He can catch the ball. He might be in store for a really big season as long as he stays healthy.
2: Right. Like, I'll bring up the NFC East teams because they're in such that It's going to be a high-scoring division. We say the same thing about the NFC South, right? But then you look at the AFC South, you have Tennessee, the Colts, the Jags, and Houston. Like None of those teams you're really worried about scoring 30 points on you. So that's my biggest worry with someone like Duke. Is he could get the receptions, but how many shootouts is he really going to be in each year? So he could go out and get five or six. If Duke Johnson gets, or sorry, if David Johnson gets hurt,
1: but if David Johnson gets injured, Duke Johnson, he's, he has oh, to be yeah. the lead back. Is, yep. who, who is it? Is Karan well, Buddy
0: Howell. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's all they got.
1: <laughs> uh, and then one last thing, again, let's get through the tight ends very quickly. Fells, warring, Aikens, anything. Oh, yeah. just, A lot of people were excited about Warring. You dot com. His his bars they're they're this high. <laughs> He's an athletic monster, but is that uh, really going to translate into this offense?
0: I, I just want to touch on those tight ends because they are intriguing. That I feel like they're Kansas City's backfield. I spent so much time dissecting those tight ends, see, seeing who might rise from that group, and you didn't even mention Jordan Thomas, who was the guy going into camp last year, had a good camp, then got injured and was never able to like, regain his his job. But I just think you draft whoever falls to you in each league and just take one of them. And I think someone might pan out. I like Fells the most. He they, they signed a two-year contract extension. Uh, Deshaun Watson really complimented the work ethic that he's put into the team, and they've got really good chemistry. And he's going to get touchdowns. He seems to be the red zone guy. Warring is the maybe dynasty sleeper there. He's young. He's got athleticism. He's just a raw talent that I think is going to take time to develop as a tight end. But he seems to be working hard, hard as well from right here. And I think Aikens is a little bit of a thorn in the side. I think he's probably the least relevant. And I just keep an eye on Jordan Thomas. He did flash last year and before he got injured.
1: Warring certainly is the Twitter darling. He was a third round pick last year. And in a recent fantasy pros article, I talked about second year tight ends, tight ends and what they did in 2019. Well, Warring, he was, he was out the entire season. So third round pick athletic profiles. there. opportunity is there with all these moving pieces. He could be somewhat interesting. So last team, Chicago Bears. Again, there's some moving pieces, but still some familiarity. But the biggest piece is Nick Foles coming in. So, Mitch, I'm going to start with you. Looking at the quarterback situation, and this is something we had to look at when doing our projections, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think either of these two quarterbacks,
2: Foles or Trubisky, they're of value, and like, do you even care? No, I don't think either of them are are worth owning unless it's a miracle spot week six and your other three quarterbacks are injured. The problem, I think Foles is going to be the starter. I think we could be pretty confident in that moving forward. The problem is, as we saw in Jacksonville, as Dan's brought up earlier, he's a statue. Like he doesn't move at all in that backfield. And you look at the offensive line, they were 29th in adjusted line yards. They were 21st in sack rate. The only addition they made was getting Jermaine and Fetty from Seattle to plug him in a Kyle Long spot. So there is nothing we could see moving forward to say like, hey, this offensive line's going to be good. I think putting Foles in the backfield actually hurts the sack rate more. So I could see him dropping from 21st to like the bottom five in the league and your only hope moving forward is they could just run block a little bit better but I, like you brought up the quarterbacks i like Foles. you know he's better than mitch Trubisky. that's about the best i could say about him
1: but neither of them are going in the top 36 of quarterbacks and startups again you prefer tyrod taylor to nick Foles. I didn't know Tyrod was going higher than
2: Foles. Yeah, but I wouldn't like, have you know, either you know, of them you're... as a thing. I mean, that goes into your roster, roster construction point is you should have three starting quarterbacks that are better than Nick Foles and Tyrod Taylor. If that's who you're choosing from, then yeah, you should probably go with Foles at that point.
1: And t- t- and t- a, and, and Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you in one sec because I kind of have a two-part question for you.
0: He's wound and tonight. Nick man. Foles,
1: mm-hmm. would you say, Dan?
0: Going? I says you're wound tonight, man. How many energy drinks did you have before the show?
1: Back in, back in my younger days, in my <laughs> 27, 28, when I was a, a spry young buck. So like I was drink-
2: 20 years ago now.
1: I was drinking three, four Red Bulls a day. Shocking.
2: I'm, I'm, I think we're I'm, all shocked by this. And I think, that, I think it's still
1: in my, in my uh, system, mm-hmm. but the one day at work and I have, I have a desk job. I had four Red Bulls and I'm not kidding. I started sweating and it was not hot in the office. It was one of my first days at that job, and I really thought people were going to think, what is going on with this guy? Because I was, brand like, literally, I was there a week, and I was dripping sweat because I had four Red Bulls. My heart almost jumped out of my chest.
0: Seven flashbacks tonight, PTSD here.
1: PTSD. You know, I I lost my train of thought here. Oh, no. So Nick Foles, the only thing, $3.7 million in dead cap, but that's after... 2021. So I do think we could get two years out of Nick Foles. And whether or not you like him or not, there is at that price, it's all gravy. So there's two questions I have for you, Dan. I want to hear your thoughts on the quarterbacks, and I think we know what they are because, again, you talk about PTSD. You have PTSD. (laughs) Hey, guys. I You know, this is me, Dan, and and Scranton with Dak Prescott behind me. My DFS rosters, because I want to talk about DFS every two seconds they were blown up because of Nick Foles they I I lost so much money so much money so I want to hear your thoughts on the quarterbacks but then I also want to hear your thoughts Mitch made a really good point Nick Foles is a statue does that kind of benefit players like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen is he going to dump it off Nick Foles he loves using the, the running backs he loves using the running backs so that could benefit
0: them the running backs are like the only positive thing other than A-Rob I could find on this roster. Uh, you know, the Chicago Bears, you know, it's kind of sad. I almost feel bad for Bears fans there's such great tradition in that organization. But they, they are 13th on the dysfunctional rankings as they're moving up because life after the legendary Coach Hallis and Coach Dicka, it's concerning. I mean, it, it, there's not been a lot to celebrate other than, you know, a couple of competitive rosters for the Bears. But right now I'm curious of what their plan is. Um, Nick Foles, for me, you know, we said outside top 36 along with Trubbs. You know, t- Tyrod, I, I don't want Tyrod, to Mitch's point, but it is it is about roster construction. Wait,
1: I'm if sorry. I, can I wave the flag? Did you say
0: Trubbs? Yeah, Trubitsky, Trubs, you know, whatever. All right. It's man. irrelevant. It's the Bears' quarterbacks. This is, is going to be the <laughs> longest conversation about the Bears' quarterbacks <laughs> we have all season because they're going to be irrelevant very, very soon.
1: I'm sorry. I heard Trubbs, and I had to stop
0: that's fair, that's you. Fair. That's fair. But um, so so – the Bears, you're throwing me off here, JB. Where was I going with this now? The quarterbacks. They're, oh, yeah, Tyrod, roster construction. I would invest in the Chicago or the Chargers offense. I still believe the Chargers have a plan. There are some concerns, but I think Tygod is the bridge to Herbert. You know what I mean? So, so there's a plan there to take the Chargers. The Bears, there is no plan. Um, Nick Foles, like you said, I have DFS nightmares. To me, he's hashtag never again. Never, ever, ever again. And I think Trubisky might actually start out this season, eventually get benched, go to Foles. That's a disaster, too. You're shaking your head. Even if Trubisky does win the job, he's going to fail again. And then, like, no matter which way this starts, it's going to end up very bad. And I think they're going to blow up this roster. It is scary that they are grandiose enough to say just a couple of weeks ago that I believe they felt they have one of the better quarterback rooms in the NFL. Like, where, why, or how do you think that? That is very concerning. That and end of rant.
1: And when we did our projections, you know, you talked about that they might flip back and forth, and I shook my head. But I do think Nick Foles starts the season. But because there is that question mark, I think Mitch we we slated them as it, Trubisky getting four starts, Foles getting twelve. So are we really confident in either? No. But at their current price, I do like Nick Foles outside of the top thirty-six, but. The running backs, guys, does the quarterback situation help them? David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, I know where I have them. I know where we have them in our projections. But Mitch, what are your thoughts there? Montgomery running back 22, Tariq Cohen running back 39.
2: Montgomery coming out had everything you could want for a rookie running back. He got 267 touches last year, which if you get that out of the rookie, you're really excited about it. The only problem is he had 3.7 yards of carry. So if he could up that at all. And if the offense is a little bit better, I think he could actually give you what his cost is. But a big thing about Cohen, and it's something that I'd even notice until I started really looking into him for this podcast. And I know John really dove into the the foals throwing to the running back comparison last year for the Jaguars. But a big thing that happened last year was Cohen actually had more targets in 2019 than he had in his 2018 breakout season. When he actually went ham, the problem is he had six less touchdowns, or sorry, five less touchdowns, and somehow his yards per reception went from 10.2 down to 5.8, which, I mean, this is when we talk about regression. He's probably not a 10.2 guy, but he's definitely not a 5.8 guy either, so I could easily see him moving up
0: from there. This is when the best of our two worlds come together, and it's too bad John's having hot flashes and had to leave for a moment to, to, to miss this, but uh, he'll play it back. But this is when our worlds of analytics and film study come together. Mitch, your analysis and observation through analytics there of uh, Cohen is tremendous because last year things got so bad for the Bears, they were using him as a wide receiver. You know, It wasn't that get him in open space and he's getting that yards per uh, catch you know, because you get him in open space, he's dangerous. But they were running him on, like, option routes from the slot just, just to move the chains and using his speed because they didn't have much time. So they used him a lot differently. And, you know, when we look at Montgomery and Cohen, you know, I liked Montgomery. I'm getting a little worried as we talk about this and break this down even further tonight. I'm liking them less. Um, but Montgomery, based on where he's being drafted, I like him. I'm, I'm still holding faith a little bit that Montgomery and Haskins, who I liked going into last year, you know, still have some potential there. But uh, I drafted Monty and uh, Cohen in the co- as a combo in best ball. Cohen, I look in that James White, Duke Johnson class of running back depth and week flyers. But outside of that, John, you missed a great segment while you were gone. We do our best work when you leave the room. I, I know you're having a hot flash from those energy drinks. Uh, but, you know, Mitch had a great analytical take on Cohen, realizing the yards per catch weren't there. And, and I, my film study came in, and they're using him as a slot receiver. I can't wait till you play that back. Go ahead.
1: I don't have to because you both know it was my first Father's Day. I got I got the AirPods. Oh, I
0: forgot! Didn't realize nice. that. nice. So while Touche. while
1: I was going to the restroom because <laughs> I, I have all of these seltzers, these hard seltzers, my bladder is smaller and smaller.
0: He's but, so wild, uh, he can't even make it through the show, guys. How bad is the Bears? Think yeah. about that. Think about that division this year. The Vikings are you know they're ready to win now. The Packers still have Aaron Rodgers. Your Lions are sneaky. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the Bears, I don't see how they compete at all in this division. No.
1: <laughs> but no, while while I was upstairs with my AirPods, some of the notes that Mitch had on Tariq Cohen, I kind of had similar notes. He ranked third with 102 targets of all running backs. And of all running backs with at least 40 targets, he only had a higher yards per reception than Phillip Lindsay in 2019. So I do think, just like Mitch said, I wasn't sitting here, but I still heard that I do think we find a happy middle ground between that 10-plus yards per reception and that, what, 5.5 or whatever it was. So at running back 39, Tariq Cohen, I think everybody forgets that if you ask people who ranked third in running back targets in 2019, I don't think Tariq Cohen would be on most people's radar. So I think he's a good value. David Montgomery, I love the usage. I actually We have him at running back 16 in 2020.
0: I think we all agreed, you know, liking Monty's value of where he's going and see how you know he could be a benefit. But again, as we talk through this deeper, I'm wondering if Cohen could be the best Bears running back mm-hmm. this season because if they stack the box, you put eight in the box and challenge the Bears to pass, and they can't figure it out and get that passing game going, dump off to Cohen all night. They're going to find ways just to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands.
2: I actually, I think both outperform their ADP here. I think in so too. See that yeah. because the one good thing about Montgomery is he's going to get every single red zone touch if he's healthy. I mean, Cohen isn't going to get a carry inside the five yard line if they could help it. So, Montgomery could get all of those. The only problem is, how many times will the Bears be within the uh, you know, the five yard lot? Uh, more than they were last year. And yeah. I think Montgomery still had six
1: touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. uh, totally. let's let, let's touch on the tight ends very quickly. And I want to end on the wide receivers because I think this is pretty interesting. But, tight ends. They have 38 tight ends, I think, on their roster. But the two that I want to talk about, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, just like Jason Witten, after 2020, they're going to the retirement home together. Maybe they'll play some peanut They'll play some shuffleboard, whatever the situation is. But, Dan, Cole Komet, the rookie coming in, we talked about this rookie class countless times before the NFL draft. I'm not interested, but one of our hot takes that we didn't get to Somebody said Cole Comet was a top 12 tight end in 2020.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I want some of the Kool Aid they're drinking right there. I'm not, I don't even think he's going to see the field in 2020. Not often, anyway. Um, You know, we talk about that learning curve for rookies. I think it's going to come in a factor here. I, I wish I had like a meh emoji to put on the screen when we talk about the Bears tight end situation. I do have some Jimmy Graham flyers. I think there's a little bit of juice in them. We know Foles likes tight ends, but it's more just for this year, not dynasty juice for Jimmy Graham. And uh, just the name I'll throw out there is Demetrius Harris. And maybe I'm reading too much into Twitter post, but the bears trainers just went on Twitter there and says, he's going to have a great season. I think he's probably in the best shape of his life, but the Bears situation still gets a meh. There's too many tight ends and not enough offense there to like him.
1: Mitch, anything of interest or value that you want to add to the tight end situation?
2: No, if Graham isn't good with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to trust him with Nick Foles. (laughs) And I mean, Adam Shaheen is a guy I actually have on a lot of rosters because he was the guy last year. But no, I don't think any of these tight ends are rosterable besides Komet. And that's only if he's on your taxi squad. If he is on your roster and you have a 25-man roster in a 14-team league, you're doing something wrong. Like, he shouldn't be on your
0: roster at that point. I still like my DFS, darling, Jesper Horstead there, guys, last <laughs> yeah, year. I remember that one game. <laughs> he, he flashed. I'm a little depressed. He's like eighth on their depth chart here that I'm reading of yeah. their 8 million tight ends. but
1: They 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 just have so many tight ends. And Mitch, I, I pulled up our projections very quickly. And the only one that we statted out. So we did a lot of players in the other category, right? Again, the the example that I have in our process template that's going to be included in the PDF file is I don't think players like Ryan Switzer, knowing they get 11 receptions, is going to help people. But again, apologies, Ryan Switzer. But Jimmy Graham, we have 60 targets, 38 receptions, 396 yards, three touchdowns. So is he going to be used? Sure. But in the tight end landscape, we have him tight end 27. So unless you're in a Jimmy Graham premium league, you're probably never going to start him, but guys, let's, let's end the show here before we get to our final thoughts.
0: Well, JB one last one, one last one. I, I know we're long, but Mitch has been locked in with this. I'm just curious a little bit as we talked about the bears running backs, you know, beating their ADP. Mitch has been talking a lot about teams telling us what they're going to do. What do you see Mitch with eight tight ends here on this roster? I mean, it, a lot of it, obviously, you know, two tight end, uh 12 personnel there, or, what are you seeing? What do you think of that?
2: I think that's actually a really good point because if you look at their wide receivers, they have nobody, they have Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson and nothing. I mean, Gabriel's not on the team anymore. Ted, they brought Ted Ginn in. Exactly. I mean, and how many snaps is he going to get over the other two? Like I could easily see that moving to 12 personnel just to try to help the statue. That is Nick Foles, you know, try to stay upright for more than three seconds.
0: Yeah, you, could, you could definitely see a lot more carries based on that personnel, a lot more play action, and again, trying to protect those quarterbacks. And I will forever remain curious, maybe at least for one more year, if Riley Ridley or Javon Wims could ever become relevant. Right.
1: Uh, I want to end on the wide receivers here, guys, because I do think there's some value here, and it's interesting. Allen Robinson, wide receiver 14. Anthony Miller, wide receiver 58. And then you have the slew of guys, Ted Ginn, Riley Ridley, Javon Wims. Carterell Patterson. What do you guys think, Mitch, anything there that you really, that really stands out to you
2: really quick. I'll just mention Anthony Miller. I was surprised that he had 85 targets. I think if you went out and asked anybody, they would never say he had 85 targets last year. And so I think he's a solid wide receiver too, for the bears. And he's going to see 90% of the snaps on the field, which is good, but I don't think the bears offense is going to be very good. But someone we can talk about is Allen Robinson has proven no matter who his quarterback is, he's going to be close to a wide receiver one if he's healthy. I think his floor, absolute floor of healthy is 145 targets and six touchdowns. That's the bare minimum that he's going to get this year. And I think he's locked in as a wide receiver one. We have Allen
1: Robinson's wide receiver five. And you talked about Anthony Miller five out of the six weeks between weeks 11 and 16 again i know it's a smaller sample size he saw at least 85 percent of the snaps week to week so in five of those six weeks he was wide receiver 17 during that stretch and with taylor gabriel out i know they brought ted ginn in and they have those other guys behind them i don't think there's any concern that he's going to see the field is he going to be wide receiver wide receiver 17 probably not but getting him at wide receiver 58, that screams value. And people might say, okay, he was wide receiver 17. So Allen Robinson must have suffered during that time. He was wide receiver four. And we have A Rob as wide receiver five here in our 2020 projections. Dan, do you have any thoughts on the wide receivers?
0: Yeah, just you know, can the fantasy gods fix Allen Robinson's quarterback situation so we could see what he's truly capable of? That that would be a beautiful thing to see. Definitely a targeted player in the top twenty for sure. Despite his quarterback situation, other than that, you guys covered it all. I mean, Anthony Miller—if he—if he slides enough to me, you know, I'll take him. But that's about it.
1: I think I think Anthony Miller—he's a wide receiver three. I think that's kind of his—I don't want to say ceiling, but with the amount of depth that we have at the wide receiver position, wide receiver three at the wide receiver fifty-eight price tag, and his contract expires after twenty twenty-one, but. Allen Robinson, he might be out of here, guys. He's a free agent after 2020. So, Mitch, you're shaking your head.
2: They'll sign him. I mean, who else are they going to have on that team? They have nothing. Like, skill position-wise, who do they have besides Alan Robinson at this point, really, who could carry the load for him?
1: But I don't he's know if they're up to Chicago. I, I, I think you can be as loyal as you want, but money's going to talk. And if the offer's elsewhere, because
2: he's not a restricted free agent, right? They could franchise him. Who He's else they enough? get a franchise on that team? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Dan.
0: No, young enough for one one more good contract in Chicago, mm-hmm. I
2: think.
1: Allen Robinson turns 27 in August. Crazy, Anthony Miller, right? Anthony Miller turns 26 in October. And if mm-hmm. you ask people, how old is Allen Robinson? How old is Anthony Miller? I guarantee you
2: nobody's going to say, what, 14 months apart. I guarantee it. You might Alan- have put a
0: Twitter poll up there. That's a good one.
2: If Allen Robinson is your wide receiver one on your dynasty team, you're fine. You're completely okay if he's your number one wide receiver. And you ask a lot of people that, they're like, no, no, you need someone with higher upside. No, he is everything you need as a wide receiver one.
1: He's perfectly fine. And we talk about the age. He's going into that that great age range, wide receiver at uh, it, it, uh, age 27. There's nothing wrong with that and i know we talk about these guys in dynasty once you hit 26 27 you might as well uh start to dig up the plot in the backyard and throw them out there but you know and and phil he's he's still here phil you're a loyal man i love you he says darnell mooney mm-hmm. chicago wide receiver deep dynasty stash and i like that a lot i
2: agree with that completely agree. but
1: i actually and i i picked him up in The late fifth round, Dan's taking notes here, but I've picked him up in the late fifth round Mm -hmm. of a lot of our dynasty rookie drafts. I would have liked it a lot more if they did not bring in Ted Ginn Uh, personally, because I think we could have possibly seen a more immediate impact. But like we always say, where you're getting Mooney, it's not going to hurt you at all. So guys, before we move on, any other thoughts on the Bears? Raiders Texans if I told you guys we're going to talk for 80 minutes about three of the teams that people hate I don't think you would have believed me
0: we dig deep here at Dynasty Theory
1: we dig deep and I know Mitch he's thinking JB you talk too much we should have shaved some some time off of this well you you could have shaved some time off of it with a lawnmower 3.0 from manscaped.com Theory 20, code theory 20. We have had several people, league mates, people on Twitter, hey, guys, I, I I bought the product. And it again, $54, you could have a haircut just like this. Every three weeks, take care of it. The nose trimmer, the nail set, the groin spritzer. You know, I... <laughs>
0: That LED light is underrated, you know, if you have poor lighting at nighttime. So just, Very just true. saying. And then I, the, I, I
1: used it in the shower. And it was fine. It was, it was perfect. <laughs>
0: okay. My attorney supported it and purchased one supporting our podcast, and he sent me a message today. He said it's also the official sponsor of his 49ers. So, I mean, NFL teams are on with Manscaped here.
1: You can't go there wrong. There you go. But
0: it, it, we want to
1: hear not, not stories, not specifics, but <laughs> we would love to know if you guys, if you invest in the product. I'm telling you. Go on Target.com. I did. I I was doing research. $300 for a high-quality trimmer. This is $54. So we have no other thoughts on these three. The, The way I phrased it was ugly teams with potentially sexy Dynasty assets. So guys, you know what this takes us into?
2: Final thoughts.
1: And again, we are so... High tech and savvy over here at Dynasty Theory, but I think we start with Mitch on Sunday, Dan. Let's start with you. What's your final thought here for the listeners?
0: So many thoughts, and I don't know where to go. You know, uh, <laughs> between how many energy drinks you've had tonight, JB? Well, they're, um, they're, they're, they're white claws. I, I think we've you know helped our listeners hopefully win some money as we give some more tips in Dynasty. I think we save them money with Theory Twenty, and uh, hey, just keep following us on Twitter. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. So I'll be on the Fantasy Feast this week with Ross and Joe, looking forward to that and uh, getting closer to Scott Fishbowl. So a lot to look forward to, gentlemen.
1: And again, if you're if you're listening to this in the podcast feed and you're not watching on YouTube prior to this Thursday, go back, listen to Dan on Fantasy Feast with Joe Dolan and Ross Tucker. And I think no, I know you're gonna love it. We give we give Dan a hard time. We we love to give Dan a hard time, but he is especially with the DFS stuff and, you know, bringing you in for the dynasty content, Dan is so refreshing because Dan, we've told you, everybody would say, John, you and Mitch agree on everything. Like I, I, everything. And then now everything we talk about, Dan goes, yeah, guys, but. So I, I can tell you that our listeners really appreciate you. So if you listen to dynasty theory, go over another member of the Ross Tucker football podcast network and listen to Fantasy Feast. Mitchell, for Dan he's, getting sa- he's getting sappy now too. Mitchell, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, you can
2: tell he's had one, a, a couple too many White Claws tonight.
1: I, I'm, I'm pulling the tissues out, guys. I'm so upset. No, but you know, seriously, Dan, we're always happy to have you. So go check out Fantasy Feast with Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Now, Mitch, it's time for your final thought. And after your final thought, I'm probably just going to say, go, go screw yourself.
2: There you go. But so I was going to tell everybody to go and get their tears done. This is something that came even more apparent during this episode, right? We were talking about how I've changed my mind on Derek Carr, how I've changed my mind on David Johnson. What you want to do at this time of year is because you're going to be listening to a lot of podcasts. You're going to listen to Dynasty Ones, DFS Ones. You're going to be starting to come out soon, and you're going to have redraft ones. Come out and get your own tiers done. So when you go and listen to those, and you'll be like, you know, I actually like that David Johnson take. And you go and look at your tiers, you're like but I really can't move him above anybody else. And that gives you immediate satisfaction knowing that like you knew where he was to begin with. And if you don't have a tier list and you're not very good at Excel, reach out to me. And I'm more than happy to make one real quick. I could copy mine to his Excel sheet and you can just copy it and then change the players into how you like them.
1: All right. I lied. I said, I was going to say go go screw yourself. But Mitch, you came in three minutes before the show tonight and you said, Oh, I have three minutes to think of a final thought. I have to give you applause. That was actually a really good one. And I always like the final thoughts because I don't have to do a thing. You two come in and you actually provide fantastic content and advice for our listeners while I sit here and look pretty with my shaved head because of the lawnmower 3.0. As always, we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Be safe, be kind, and have a great night.